You're listening to Inside the Athletic Mind with your hosts, Taylor Cook and Lauren Williams. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Athletic Mind, where we dig deep and shed light on the mental side of sports for female athletes and coaches by having open conversations about mental health, mindset, and performance. In today's episode, we are joined by Paula McQuaid, who is the co-founder of Hone Athletics and is also a psychotherapist and mental performance coach working with teams to help improve performance. Today, we're talking all about the Hone Athletics app, what it is, what inspired them to create this app, and also how this creates a more open dialogue between athletes and coaches regarding the status of their mental health, what stressors are starting to pop up within the team that the coaches can hopefully help to uh, address using the analytics from the Hone Athletics app. But before we get into today's episode, we want to take a moment to thank our partner, Flowcode. As elite athletes, we know that in order to get into our peak state of performance, it requires that we get into flow. But most athletes experience flow by accident and not on purpose. With the FlowHub 7 Biohack Portal, you get access to an array of different flow techniques with their flow lessons, triggers, and programs. And you can stop leaving your game to chance and elevate your game by purposely getting into flow. Sign up today by going to www.theflowhub.com and get 10% off your subscription using the code IAM10. That's IAM10 in all caps at theflowhub.com. All righty. Welcome back to another episode, everybody. Lauren and I are here with a very special guest that we are super excited to introduce to you all, Paula from Hone Athletics. Paula, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you all? Doing great, living the life. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren, probably more than anybody else, I think. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, I'm finally on PEI, so I'm feeling like I'm living the life myself. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Right, you're like on, nice are you on your vacation toast. now, right? I am, yeah. Yeah, so got here a few days ago and um, it's been excellent so far. The weather's beautiful. And yeah, finding a little time to work, but a lot more time to play. Good. <laughs> balance is key, absolutely. Balance is key. Yeah. <laughs> so this you said this first week is working. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, sorry. I was just saying, like you said, the first week is like kind of like work-ish a little bit, but then the second yeah. week is like everything's shut off and you're tuned out and actually enjoying vacation. That's the plan. That's the plan. So this week we'll do a little work and uh, stay on top of stuff. And then next week I'm, I'm shutting down, we hope. <laughs> you have to make space for it, for sure. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's jump right in here. So, of course, we, we got in touch with um, Jessica originally, who is, I believe, co-founder of Hone as well. And uh, we had discussed um, just like the app overall, because this all originated out of having more of a conversation about mental health between athletes and coaches, but also still providing that anonymity between uh, the athletes and coaches as well. So do you want to give us like a little bit of background on like how home came to light and Mm -hmm. also like what the app's all about? Yeah, for sure. 
So that's correct. So Jessica and I are, are founders of Home. We started, um, it's hard to believe, but eight years ago at this point, we started um, together creating what we created was Mindful Athletics. And that came out of uh, going to a school um, who asked for people to come in and speak with their athletes around relationships and those kind of things. And the two of us went and did that. And we just saw a tremendous opportunity. These athletes who were mostly, mostly boys uh, had, were so into the conversation. They wanted to talk about relationships. They were talking about emotions. They didn't hold back. And it was really unbelievable. So we laughed and we kind of looked at each other and said, there's something here. And, you know, and when we think of athletes in sport, it's a population quite served. We, we do a lot um, to support them. Uh, but when it comes to mental health, that's not the case. So recognizing that they don't get the chance to talk about these things. Um, and we, we decided we wanted to do more of that. So we started uh, Mindful Athletics, where we went into to, um, to meet with groups um, and their coaches. And we would do one-on-one -on -one as we continue to do. But we talk about anything that revolves around mental health. So safety, bullying, um, you know, emotions, relationships, all of those things that were happening. Um, we would even talk about abuse um, and abuse in sports. And they joined us and they had those conversations. It was really cool. Uh, but then we realized we were coming in to meet with these teams uh, one and done or every couple of months. And it felt like there, there's more to it. They need more support. They need to be talking about these things more often. And how could we do that? And how could we reach more than Calgary where we're based? So we started creating this app and the awesome thing, crazy thing is like we are the least tech savvy people on the planet. And here we go, we put together this app, God brought in the people that uh, know how to do that and created home. And what it is, is a, a, an app for ultimately for coaches, but the, the players anonymously, and I know you said that earlier, it's so important that this is anonymous because when we work with athletes, um, they have different different needs and different things showing up in their lives. And yes, they have all the same stressors as the rest of us do, but there's there's a lot at stake. And so they might feel pressure, they might feel criticism and those things, um, but it might be a little bit hot at a higher level than the rest of us. And um, to allow them that space to do it anonymously takes away those risks that might exist. Um, so yeah, they anonymously check in weekly around seven different stressors uh, that feeds directly to their coaches. Coaches then are able to see where their team is at from a mental health perspective every week. And we provide the coaches with suggestions and strategies so that they can support their players. That's awesome. And I, I think it's, I think it's, it's such a, a, like a key point, right? To focus on the anonymity of it all, because as athletes, we're, we're constantly taught, you know, be strong, be resilient. Showing emotion is not, not a strong quality at all. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, both of us, you know, being elite level athletes is there's also this side of, if I admit to not being like emotionally all put together, maybe I'm not going to play. Maybe my coach is going to see that and I'm not going to play. And I, what has been your um, interaction with that? Like, did you guys, you obviously went the way of not having an anonymous because you were talking in person. Um, mm -hmm. What has been the shift that you've seen since it's, you know, all survey based and, and anonymous yeah. now? 
It was, a, first of all, it's what you said about, you know, as elite athletes, you guys are taught to, um, to be strong, to push through and all those things. And now here we're saying, hey, we want you to talk to us about how you're feeling. And that yeah. message is so incredibly confusing uh, yeah. because it's not what's, it's not what's encouraged. Um, so we, we um, what we've seen, so we started with teams and coaches, and then we asked the coaches to leave the room because we wanted the, the athletes to speak more freely, um, which we thought was a really good idea for a while. And it was, and they spoke quite openly, but then it occurred to us, hey, we're cutting out a really major piece here. Like the coaches need to get know what's going on. It's not incredibly useful for us to know and then walk away. If the coaches don't know what's going on, they can't support them. So we, we missed it a little, but it took us a process to figure that out. And now that it's the anonymity piece, going to the coaches, we've kind of got all the pieces together. The biggest thing is um, really the athletes believing that it's anonymous has, has come around a little bit. So what we do is we show them, we show them exactly where their data is going, um, what their coach's dashboard looks like. There's no numbers, there's no names attached. And it seems to be, they, they, for the most part, they're, they're trusting in it, uh, which we're so grateful for. Um, and, and really what we see making this effective is when the coaches are into it. So if the coaches buy in and they care and they use the data and they make a shift um, and support their players, the players continue to respond. It's so amazing. Not, not super and surprising. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I just kind of want to like backtrack a little bit here. So, I mean, from, from Lauren's and, and my experience, we tend to see that when people step into a certain space after their sporting career, it's typically because they've had their own personal experience with it. So for you, like, what was the lead up for you? Like what happened in your life that made you decide, okay, like this is the audience I want to serve. I want to talk about mental health and I want to make mm -hmm. this a more, open conversation and help serve athletes that are not getting the mental health services that they require yeah my my path was a little different like I'm not an elite athlete by any stretch um uh, I did play sports growing up my entire life I did have experience with those coaches that weren't amazing um, and were incredibly supportive I've always been my life has always been going towards being a psychotherapist. I always knew that's what I would be. So combining that mental health point in all my life um, and noticing when things I felt things, I felt when my coach was being harmful or, you know, I've also had amazing coaches. Um, and then I, I remember during university observing like people around me who played elite sports and being friends with people who played elite sports and seeing there's, there's a, we kind of have this viewpoint that they get away with everything or they get, they get like in university in particular, or they get passes and all that stuff. And we fail to see, you know what, there's some tough stuff going on there as well. Um, and, and really recognizing that. And, and then so when, when I started into psychotherapy, I actually worked in, in, um, in abuse and I trained in a response-based approach, which is kind of honoring the individual. And it just combines with, like there was, that's not a stretch when you go to sport. When we look at abuse in sport and, and those things that occur and um, honoring individuals and treating them with dignity. And so when the opportunity came to work with athletes, it really connected for me. And that's where I wanted to spend the most of my time. So it was over the past eight years at this point that I started specializing in working with athletes. 
I love the the system that you guys have set up, particularly because there are some, you know, interesting questions asked in terms of it's not something that coaches generally ever ask their players about. How did you guys arrive at including those things? Because it's not a, a you know, a traditional topic to, to chat about <laughs> within the sporting community. Yeah, that's an awesome question because it was challenging. There was not, a, it's getting better, but there was not a lot of research out there around sport and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took us a long time and, and really pulling from areas that we were familiar with and how do those fit with athletes in the sporting community and then um, ultimately finding someone who was doing research around it and looking at where he was coming from and connecting with him and seeing the stressors that he was bringing in as well as the stressors that we knew from our experience and from working with athletes were showing up for them and what ones did we want to highlight and really ask about and so it was it was it was a road. It was a long road to find some stuff. It's it's really nice to see that now the research is is people are coming over to this camp a little bit more and really caring about the mental health side. So we're seeing it some, which is good. Sorry, Lauren, go ahead and ask some more questions because my internet is unstable. So I just need to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> internet is unstable. <laughs> It happens. It happens. Um, Would you mind discussing some of those questions that are included in the survey? Yeah, for sure. So the stressors that we ask about are um, uh, criticism, pressure, relationships, disconnection, um, time constraints, and we ask them how you're doing overall. And you'll notice that those questions are not about sports. They're Mm -hmm. not about playing time. They're not about liking or disliking your coach or teammates or anything like that. And that's very purposeful because what we know is when athletes um, are experiencing these things in any place in their lives, it doesn't have to be on your team. It can be in my home life. It can be with my partner, whoever. Um, If those things aren't going good when I show up to the rink or or the pitch or whatever it might be, um, they're going to impact it. And this is quite different from other areas. If we look at like workplace, we see that you know what, things could be great great in your world or, or challenging in your world, but your work environment will, will kind of shift for that. If, if work is great, things are good um, at work. But in sports, if it's anywhere in your life, it's going to show up in your performance. Um, so that's why we went in that direction. And people aren't asking athletes about that. They're not asking them about, like, how are your relationships? And I remember working one-on-one with an athlete at one point, and he said, I didn't even think of this. Like it didn't even occur for me. I'm away from my partner for a long time and I have to make sure I'm, I'm um, being good in my relationship in terms of connecting and doing all of those things. And he said, I've never thought about it before. And now I'm thinking about it, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so interesting, especially because I had coaches growing up that said, you know, you leave your personal life at the door, you drop your bags. And, and that's one of my favorite things to say to athletes now is it's not possible to do that. You can't just leave half of yourself at the door. Of course, it's going to impact the way that you play. And when I think of, you know, college athletes, especially these athletes who are moving away from home for the first time, they're like free on their own, building relationships away from their parents for the first time in their life, I feel like this applies so well, especially to the college athlete population, because so many of these stressors are unique 
and new to them mm-hmm. that like, of course, of course, it's going to impact the way that they show up and play. And it's, it's amazing that we're really starting to hone in on it as something that is important to consider because For sure. you don't, you're not, you know, a hockey player when you're in the rink and then just a student when you're at school or just a, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or anything like that. Like it's, it's all mashed in together as one. And that's what we want. We want mm-hmm. all of those different parts of the person showing up at the rink or the pitcher or wherever. We want the whole person because that's what brings the player. Yeah. Um, so exactly, these these young players coming away, leaving their families for the first time, and they're supposed to show up like, that doesn't matter. Um, I'm ready to go. No, that matters. And you know what? If you have coaches who are like, I get it. Like, this is a hard time for you guys. Like, it's just a sigh of relief. And like, I even feel it right now as I say it. And like, and, and that little weight off on your shoulders just kind of chill out for a little bit. Um, yeah. And and if you are feeling all those things, and what we want most is that culture of sport that we love, that we love. Like, we want that culture of sport where athletes want to be and they're excited and they want to stay in the sport. And if you go to go to your sport and your coach is supportive of those things, and even if you're struggling with missing your family or whatever it might be, and you show up and your coach is like, how are you? And I, I understand you're away from your kid. And they acknowledge that you want to go, you want to be there. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious now that we're, we're talking about this, like when, when athletes are struggling, like, are there any like sort of tools or strategies on the app that will help those athletes kind of work through some of those stressors that are quite clearly showing up as red flags in their state for them? Yeah. So this is an interesting place that we're interesting question because we very purposefully kept that quite small. Um, so when you're, when the players respond, it does come back to them. So as soon as they put their data and it goes to the dashboard of the coaches, their information always comes back to them saying, Hey, it looks like you're doing really well. Um, anyone on your team who's used some help. So there is some, a little bit of feedback that comes back to them. Mostly planting seeds around if you're doing well look around your team is there teammates you can help so wanting to build that culture in there and if they're struggling hey are you have you reached out to anybody we're reminding them they can reach out to us with whoever their um, one-on-one person is Um, but we very purposely left that small because it's the tool isn't for them in that way and we want we, we do so much around hey players um you fix it but they can't so if they're in a culture that is unhealthy and it's not good, we can teach them all we want on how they can, you know, be more resilient. But if you're resilient and every day you walk into your sport and it's not good, it doesn't matter. Um, you may be able to cope with it a little bit in that moment, but it's still going to impact you. So our end of providing the information is heavily on the coaches, the people that have can make a difference. Is there any training that's provided to the coaches? Cause, cause like you're saying, they, they really are the difference makers. They're the ones okay. that get to see this data and then look at it and say, okay, well, what can we do with it? Is there any, mm-hmm. any kind of training for them? Yeah. So when they, when they work with home and, and they, um, they use it weekly, the information that they get back, their strategies attached to it. So right away when they see their data, depending on where they fall in that 10 point scale, they have the ability to say, okay, we're, we're struggling here in relationships. What can I do? And it's the things that we suggest to them are behavioral stuff, like um, 
like, you know, fatigue is showing up really heavy. Have you guys thought about canceling the practice? Or, you know, maybe not so many meetings in a month or whatever it might look like. So providing those things or modeling. So when the coach is like, okay, communication is really bad in your team. Um, how are you doing? How are you communicating with them? So getting them to reflect within, um, which can be really challenging uh, when you have to do it and you're like, oh gosh, it's me. Um, but so, and then we follow through, we have somebody assigned to each team. Each coach will be connecting with somebody um, on a monthly basis. And then quarterly we'll step in and, and myself or Jess or one of our therapists will sit down with the coach uh, virtually and go through their data and see points that they might need help on. Um, so we, we know and, and very much thought about this, that coaches are not therapists and we don't expect them to be, but the reality is they're dealing with this stuff every day. Um, so the best that we can do is provide some support for them in, in that way. Um, but I always say, you'll hear me say over and over again, it's about being kind. With mental health, we have done such an incredible job of overcomplicating it. Um, if we're kind to one another and we take care of each other, then, then it's, we're going to be okay. And that's not to say there's times when somebody else needs to be stepped in, but we typically know. Um, so we, we always say to coaches, if, it's, if it feels heavy and it feels like a lot, um, or it's going beyond your realm of expertise, don't dive in. Say, hey, you know what? Um, I'm not sure what to do. Let's, let's work together to find someone who does. I love that you just said that because I feel like as coaches, they feel like they need to know everything. They have to have all the answers. They have to be the smartest person in the room, but <laughs> that just is not the case. Like you shouldn't be expected to be a therapist. Of course, you have to have like those active listening skills and being able to empathize with your players and, and help them out where you can, but you're not a therapist. You don't have all the answers and that's more than okay. Yeah. And we have such a fix-it mentality, especially if we're looking at coaches who want to take care and fix and solve and whatever. Um, we don't need you to problem solve. We don't need you to fix it. Uh, like, think of times that you've gone in to speak to somebody, whether it's a coach or whoever it might be, and they just listen to you. Um, that in itself does something. So being there and being that ear and being open and showing that you care is that first step. Yeah, it, it, it begins with empathy as opposed to like a degree in psychology, right? Like you don't need to have a degree in psych in order to, to understand this stuff. And I, I, Taylor, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say, you know, coaches always feel this need to have all the answers. And like you said, you know, to be able to fix things. And sometimes it's not about fixing. It's just about listening, Mm -hmm. And I was having a conversation with uh, the coaching staff that I'm going to be working with. And, and we were talking about, you know, having a conversation with athletes about mental health. And she immediately went to, well, we need to make sure that we have all of the, the things in place and, and the people that we can refer to and make sure that we're not overstepping any boundaries. And yes, absolutely. And also, we need to be willing and ready to listen when that athlete does come up to us and say, and say something. And, you know, it, it, I think people treat mental health like it's the spike ball that you don't want to touch too quickly, right? <laughs> and I get it. It, it, it can be scary. Um, we don't want to harm people, yeah. and, which is a really lovely thing. Uh, but, you know, I don't know how to fix a broken arm, but I'm not not approaching somebody who's just fallen and broken their arm 
I'm going to go over and see how I can help them and who I can call. Mm. And it's the exact same thing. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine like someone breaks their arm and you're just like, oh, I can't fix that. So I'm just going to walk away. Right? <laughs> Hospital's <Exactly>. over there. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Call you someone? No, no. Take care of it. Right. It's, if you, but if it's you crazy that we don't you. take that approach though. Right. And it's taken us years to get to the point where we've, you know, we're seeing now the the athlete community more specifically has been served in the sense that we're having all of these mental health conversations. We see really um, big names that are stepping up and sharing their stories. And then also, of course, like we have the HONAP doing great work as well. And then we also are seeing a lot more um, like mental performance coaches coming in and working with athletes, not only to be that person to be there and listen, and they're trained to understand like everything that's going on to a certain extent, but they are also able to like arm their athletes with tools and strategies that are going to help them work through and cope with some of the things that are going on in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I love that you say cope because that's what, that, where we used to live in that world where it's like, leave it out there. Don't bring it in with you. Um, we're less focused on that and focused on how do we cope? Because you're going to go out into your sport and, and, you know, how can we support you in kind of setting it aside for a little bit? We don't want you to forget it. It doesn't have to go away, but you do have to play. So how do we help you figure that out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, some of the, some of the hard facts about this, like I'm just, I have the website pulled up and one of the facts you've got up mm-hmm. here, it's 63% of student athletes report a mental health concern that impacts their ability to perform while only 10% get help. So this mm-hmm. app seems like an amazing way to start to close that gap. Yeah, if you don't think that mental health is a part of the game that you're playing, you're wrong at this point. (laughs) Well, and those numbers are a little bit outdated. Those numbers are pre-COVID. And we would use it. Yep. And we would use those numbers uh, when we would meet with with um, teams and that we would say, you know, what do you think of those numbers? And every time they said you were so off, like those numbers are so much higher. Um, But those numbers came from people who were actually willing to talk about it so uh, we would put those numbers in the 90s easy mm-hmm. um, and yeah so if you're getting help we know why they're not getting help we highlighted that before it's, it's scary to reach out we were scared of what we might lose will I get traded will I lose lifetime or, or playing time um, you know the fear is real mm-hmm. that's the sad reality of sport though and I think I mean we've talked about this on the podcast before is like athletes are treated as commodities and not as people right? Mm-hmm. Like they're treated as these things that are going to help bring in more money to the organization, um, you know, bring in more fans to the rank, the field, wherever. But when it comes to like these serious issues, like they, they're all human beings first and foremost, they have life outside of their sport that's going to be affecting and impacting them. So mm-hmm. like, I think we need to have a little more empathy towards athletes in that sense that they are human too. Like as much as you want to put them up on a pedestal, mm-hmm. they have the same issues that we do. Yeah. And, and let's be real. If you, if you're stuck in that place where if you can't get through past the, no, this is my business. This, Cause it is like winning is a business and, and it's okay to talk about winning because sport is about winning um, a lot of the time and that's okay. But we can also talk about wellness because wellness and winning go hand in hand. So if you want a winning team, you better make sure that your team is healthy. And I, I think about teams when I work as an NPC, there's teams that I've worked with in the past. And I always 
reflect on, okay, what happened in that tournament or, or what have you. And I can think of one where we, we lost poorly. And when I left and I reflected on what was happening on our team, what could I have done differently, um, it became very clear to me um, where our little miss was. And I shouldn't have been surprised with our outcome. Um, and then when I look at when we won and I look at the coaches that I've won with and how incredibly invested in mental health they were and how incredibly invested in the wellness of their team and staff, and there's no doubt in my mind that that made us incredibly hard to beat. Yeah. It's, we, we say that sport is what 95 to 98% mental, right? Because if you don't have your, if you don't have your brain on your side, it's going to be pretty hard to get your body to, to, especially in, in a sport like hockey, where you're balancing on half an inch of steel and you're yeah. moving extremely fast. And the sport itself is fast. If your brain isn't moving in synchrony and and making all of this stuff happen, you know, and I always frame it as like, you don't have access to your 10,000 hours of practice. Hmm. As an elite athlete, you have that 10,000 hours. But if your brain's not with you, then your body's not going to function the way that you want it to. Um, But I think in the athletic world, we're, we're still behind. And you can see that in the resources that we allocate to athletic trainers versus mental health practitioners. Mm-hmm. And how blurry that mental health world is. So mm-hmm. we've seen over and over again, they have $1,000 this year to, to allocate to that. Um, yeah. While they're wondering, do I get a, do I get a sports psych? Do I get, um, like there's so many people in that world and who are you going to choose? And, you know, if, if you're leaving mental health out, all right so let's like dive a little bit deeper into the app here because you said that you have therapists that are associated Mm -hmm. with the hone athletics app so Mm -hmm. how exactly does that work like you talk with coaches and like help them refer players to your therapists or built right in the app so we want this as simple as possible because for a couple of reasons one we had to understand how it works and (laughs) two (laughs) two we we know athletes are busy and coaches are busy and people in that community are so busy. They don't need extra steps. So we want it super simple, right? And they can click a button that will put them directly to our calendars. Um, so they can book a one-on-one appointment. Um, we, we can even incorporate a team if they have their own people, um, like their own connections in there so they can reach out. So from the athlete's perspective, they have access to us at one-on-one therapy. We've provided them with a kids help phone for, for people, for young people, because that's crisis. It's open 24-7. Um, we've also included the Canadian Sport um, Helpline, so for reporting or support in any way. So in the palm of their hands, they have three access points to help every single day. And this is crucial because it's so hard when you're struggling to reach out to someone or to figure out where to go. Um, so every day, palm of their hand, it's right there. Aside from working with coaches that they'll, they catch on really quickly if their coach is into it or not. And if their coach is into it, then that's another resource for them to say, hey, I need some help. Yeah, it's true that like, I mean, even when I was in university, like I went through some mental health struggles of my own with like anxiety and depression. And mm-hmm. for the longest time, I kept putting it off, kept putting it off, kept putting it off. And then finally, it got to the point where like, I couldn't ignore it anymore and I finally had to say okay like I have to go and talk to somebody or do something and Mm -hmm. like 
I, I wish that at least universities in particular, like would make it much more known to their athletes, all of the services on campus that they have, mm-hmm. right? Like we have school counselors that we could have gone to. We also have like, we had a, a team doctor that we could have went to. We we're like pretty fortunate in that sense. So mm-hmm. like knowing where those resources are is mm-hmm. so, so critical. And I hope that like any coach that's listening to this, like they do take the approach of having like a mental health talk with their team or with their mm-hmm. athletes and saying like, Hey, these are the resources that we have here. And like, just, if you need anything, come and talk to us about it. Yeah. That would be so me. That made me smile. Imagine if you had a mental health court, a conversation right out the gate. That would be so incredible. And we want, I, I love the idea of saying, hey, here are the resources we have here. Um, we have to be mindful also that working with athletes is a little bit different. So if we are setting up those things for our athletes, which would be awesome to do, make sure that the person is familiar with sports because we see a lot of, a lot of times um, like our athletes are going to people and they're like, they don't get it. Like the therapist is lovely and great, but they don't get it. Um, so having that knowledge, a little bit of knowledge around sport and athletes and then their little world uh, can be really helpful too. Such an interesting um, avenue to go down, right? Because I think a lot of people see sport and elite athletes and they're like, oh, they're so lucky they play a sport for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but with that comes a whole slew of other stressors that people don't, I mean, in in some professions, sure, you worry about it, but athletes, it's like one wrong turn and I'm done. Um, You know, one decision that coach makes that I have no control over, I could be done. Or my whole entire idea of who I am as an athlete is shattered. And, you know, you're right too about like, especially at the highest levels, players are away from their families for a long time. Um, I think about uh, all the guys in the NHL who travel for what, six to eight months out of the year, and they've got little kids at home. Like that's got to be incredibly difficult. And we don't think about even the stressors that getting traded has on your life and the impact that, that that has on mental health. So it's, it's interesting. And it's not just athletes only want to talk to other athletes because for that, that reason, it's like, it's a unique set of stressors mm-hmm. that a lot of other people have never dealt with before. And well, it's I not like you make a wrong work. decision at work. And then all of a sudden your boss is like, Hmm, you know what? I'm just going to send you down to Ohio uh, office instead. <laughs> and you're just going to have to pick up and move. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's just how yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. I remember one time working um, with a team and there's a camp and then it moves into uh, like some of us are there for camp and some of us are there to continue with the team and a player saying one time like do you guys do you know who's like assigned to team yet and I was like yeah uh we know that ahead of chance ahead of time and them kind of suggesting imagine if you guys had to try out and I was like oh my gosh like that would change the entire duration of this camp for me um Every day you're, you're, you're wondering who's watching, you're, you're worried about getting cut or released or, or what your next move is. That would be exhausting. It's a, it's a thing of the trade, right? And you have to learn how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's great that we're finally starting to give resources to learn how to deal with it because that's not something that you learn necessarily from the other people around you. 
-hmm. It's just not. Yeah, we're definitely doing better. These, these aren't conversations we were having several years ago when we started in this world, nobody was talking about it. Uh, yeah. So we're doing better, but we, we get to continue to do better and better because we need to. Yeah. I'm, now I'm just thinking about like all of the ways that we don't teach kids how to deal with stuff under pressure. <laughs> it's one thing to learn learn math and then have to take a test but like what if you're having to take a test and if, if you don't get this mark you're getting sent somewhere else <laughs> yeah it would be amazing it, it is it is interesting to compare the two I've not done it to that extent before but yeah <laughs> my brain goes down dark holes <laughs> yeah love it <laughs> oh goodness um so is there, uh, I don't know if you like are able to talk about any of the organizations that you like the, uh, the app are associated with, like who's actually really been invested in and in making sure that they're taking care of their athletes' mental health or not, but. Yeah, we have, we have the OHLs committed to, um, to the mental health of their athletes, which is unreal. Um, love that. We have CSSHL. Um, we have teams all over Canada and, and in the U.S. as well, and not just hockey. We, we have multi-sport. Um, some universities are, are using this um, across the board, which is unreal. We have, you know, there's, there's, there's individuals that pop up that choose to use it because they've heard of it and, and want to bring it into their club, which you have to applaud. And, and there's one individual who, in particular, I always remember him. He started with us from the beginning. And he's brought so much to us, the way that he used tone in ways that we kind of didn't necessarily think of. Um, so we have it set up and how the coach chooses to, to do something is really up to them. And I remember him saying to me, um, I want to use, I want to show the data to my team. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a great idea. Because um, then they see if you're really low and people are high, like they, they see and they're able to compare themselves. And he's like, no, you know, I know my team. I mean, this is going to be really good. And he was absolutely right. And so choosing different ways to use it, we see that all over the place. We work with the high performance team of Hockey Canada, and we've seen some incredible stuff come out of there. Um, and really love the fact that they're caring about their athletes in this capacity. Um, yeah, so it's, it's been really good. Hmm. Do you see varying levels of acceptance between sports? Like are some sports super into it, whereas you know, other sports are seeming to join in a little later? Um, good question. I don't think at this point I could differentiate. I think we have, we have a lot of hockey in our world. Um, that's just because that's where we, that's where we are most connected. And then um, Canada, and <laughs> we have a lot of hockey in our world. Uh, it's about the coach. So, or, or the, the powers that be. So if they're bought in and they and this is important to them, we're going to see success. We're going to see it um, flourish. If they're kind of coming along and oh, I have to use it, um, then for the most part, it's it's not going to be incredibly useful. Where we do see it, something that that we didn't quite anticipate, and and I don't know why we didn't, because it's obviously this is going to happen, is the athletes giving consideration to these things on a weekly basis. So now it has triggered in there's a tremendous amount of people to start thinking these areas of their lives um, that they don't typically think of. And what that allows is for us to be a little bit more mindful of them. So I now can recognize, oh, oh wait, I am feeling disconnected from my people. 
and mm -hmm. where you would like how often do we think about that or give that time um, so that's kind of an added bonus that we didn't necessarily anticipate as the young people and, and the athletes starting to think about their own mental wellness well I know like especially in sports like we talk about how emotions can be a weakness and that's why we try to push them down and out to the side but I know like one of the the biggest things that I've learned as an athlete is that emotions really do matter and like whether they're good or bad they matter and like by pushing them down to the side it's just gonna kind of compound things and make it worse over time so this is amazing to see and like I know especially I feel like more so on the men's side of it where they really don't want to talk about how they're feeling on the inside I think this is a great outlet for them so they can actually feel secure and safe and opening up and being vulnerable about how they're actually feeling like what's truly going on for them in their life and we have men mostly men men's teams we have a lot of female teams but a lot of men's teams and um they want to talk about it like we we've we've we always talk about the way we socialize boys in our world and we socialize them not to talk about these things um not not to have the feeling not to acknowledge them because they have the feelings and it's a shame. And like you said, pushing them down. So we're encouraging boys to push these things down. You can't do it. Like it, it overflows. Like we can't continuously do that. It's going to show up. Um, and I think we are seeing it show up more and more. Mm -hmm. well, and one of the things we always talk about at Elite is, you know, if, if you don't acknowledge the problem and you don't build the self-awareness around it, you can't even begin to try to understand it and then fix it. Mm -hmm. um, and Taylor and I have had a couple conversations recently about masculinity and the, the problematic nature of the way that men are socialized, um, mm -hmm. both, both for themselves and the way that it impacts others, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's great to give the environment where they feel like they can talk about it because you know, just because they're guys doesn't mean that they're not suffering in some way and they deserve as much of a platform to, to talk about it and to, to work through those feelings mm -hmm. as, as women do, right? Like it's mm -hmm. just, emotions are a part of life. They tell you about how you're interacting with the environment around you and what your perceptions are on it. And if you're ignoring that form of intel, you are missing out on so much information. Yeah, really well said, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and the most, I'll tell you, I, I work one-on-one -on -one with a lot of males, um, females as well. Um, they come to us with sport-related concerns, and I would say easily 99% of the time, I might be being, I might not have the number high enough there. We do not talk about sport. It is not about sport. It's about the things that are taking place in their lives, and they're impacting sport. They're impacting performance because they are impacting the person. Absolutely. Now, like moving forward with home, like where do you kind of see this going in the future? I know, like, obviously this is getting bigger on the athletic space, but what about on the professional side of things? Mm -hmm. So we have Hone Athletics, which launched um, 14 days before COVID shut our Canadian world down. And so that was, <laughs> that was amazing. So when that happened, we were like, oh my gosh, come on. This is this is not what we need, but it actually was was pretty pretty excellent because anything that's weird, anything that's that's going to show up showed up. 
um, and, and we were able to kind of get through it and support teams who weren't able to be face-to-face. -face. It was so excellent. Uh, so we did that. And then recently we've just launched uh, Home Work Life. So that is where we're, we're looking at um, organizations, corporations, whatever it might be, and supporting them. And that's even, we've even used it with groups of coaches. So where an organization has it for all their players, they've also um, combined their coaches so that we can support their coaches um, as well. And what we see often enough is the staff and the players, like we see it kind of moving together, um, which makes so much sense because the, the coaches and the staff are supporting the players and if they're healthy and doing well, we're going to see that in the players as well. But in workplace, I mean, this, this can go anywhere. Like, in every space that we're in, we need to be paying attention to wellness. So for anyone anyone listening, I know that we're kind of rounding out our, our hour here. Um, what, are, what are some of the biggest things that you can tell them about, about HONE and maybe starting up with, with HONE? Um, I, I, I think if you're at a place where mental health, is, you're, you're noticing or, or wanting to explore this, just connect with us. Um, we can show you what it's all about and have those conversations. Um, it's, it's worth supporting your athletes in this way. If you think about how you support them from the, the physical perspective, we've got it nailed down. Like we do such a tremendous job and we support them wholeheartedly. We make sure they have physio and doctors and all of those things. Um, we're not reinventing a wheel here. What we're saying is we, we, we figured out how to do it in that space. We can do the same thing in mental health. Um, and it may start with something like home where we're connecting and seeing how your players are doing so that you know where they're at. Um, and then they can also get support for that one-on-one. -on -one. So just reach out. We love having the conversation around it. Jessica, is, she, she gets so happy when she gets to talk about home. And so we'll have those conversations and, and see if it will fit um, and give it a try. Like your athletes will thank you for it. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll link everything down in the show notes, but if anybody does want to reach out, where is the best place for them to contact you? Yeah, if they go to our website, they have an option to let's talk um, and information to connect them with myself or Jess uh, to reach out. And you know, we'll, we're happy to have those conversations. Amazing. Well, thank you again so much, Paula, for joining the show. It's been probably one of the most enjoyable recordings for me in, oh. in the whole time, I think. So yeah. thank you very much again. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much. It's always nice when you get to talk to people who are on the same page as you. <laughs> Like-minded people, right? It's so yeah. Nice. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank well, you so much. Yeah, thanks again. And and maybe we'll have to have you on a little bit later on to discuss some of uh, some of the shift, because now I'm really interested when you said the, the shift from COVID and, and all of mm -hmm. that. I, I feel like that's a whole other conversation. I mean, <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. <laughs> well, thanks again. We'll chat soon. All right.